Whitmer is basically looking at the Psalms and the life of David and, the, and looking at them in context and learning more about the Psalms and learning more about the life of David. Um, now, today we're not going to look at a specific psalm, but we're going to look at some psalm-like words that we find in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And in this we see some of what David did with the praise that he gave to the Lord, and that will help us understand the context and so uh, let's uh, listen to God's word as it comes to us from 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles 29. Let's hear God's word. Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. Gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, and wood for the wood, as well as onyx for the as onyx for the settings, turquoise stones of various colors, and all the kinds of fine stones and marble, all of these in large quantities. Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God over and above everything I have provided. For this holy temple, 3,000 talents of gold, gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the buildings, for the gold work and the silver work, and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? Then the, teachers of fam- then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands, Then commanders of hundreds and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. They gave toward the work of the temple of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. Anyone who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehiel the Gershonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders For they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, this is what we read as our call to worship, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight, as we're all as well as as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow, without hope. Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people are here who are here, have given to you. Lord, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, 
Keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. And give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, statutes, and decrees and to do everything to build, to build the palatial structure for which I have provided. Then David said to the whole assembly, Praise the Lord your God. So they all praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. They bowed down, prostrating themselves before the Lord and the King. This is God's holy word. Let's pray. O Lord our God in heaven, we come before you and we give you praise. For you are worthy of all things. You have given us everything that we enjoy. You are the source of our blessing. You are the source of our life. You are the source of our wealth. You are the source of the good things that we enjoy. You alone are the one from which they come, and we are dependent upon you. So help us, O Lord, to see that, and so live our lives seeking first from you, not from our own talents, not from people around us, not from politicians, not from great companies, not from our nation, or anything else, but recognizing that you alone are the one who raises one and exalts another and brings down and brings low as well. For yours is the kingdom, and you rule over all. We pray, O Lord, for a strengthening of our faith tonight, that we might be able to see you more clearly and put confidence in you. We pray, O Lord, that we would love you more with our hearts. We pray that you would work in us love for one another. Help us to be patient with others, even when they are not patient with us. We pray, O Lord, that we might do this out of a firm sense that you are going to give us good things and that we are confident as we look towards the future that as we give to others, you are going to bless us not always with money or material gifts but in a way that will fill our hearts with joy and peace. And we thank you, O Lord, that that is our heritage in Christ. And so, Lord, we pray that you work that in us by your Spirit tonight as we consider your word and give us the guidance and wisdom that we need. Help us, O Lord, to see where we need to correct our ways and walk in a different path and serve you more faithfully. Forgive us, O Lord, for our sins and lead us on in the paths of righteousness, we pray. And Lord, we thank you for uh, this congregation. I thank you for each person that you brought here today. Pray that you would bless them with health, health and strength, that you would hear the prayers that are on their hearts for their family, for their friends, for their own needs. But also, uh, for we, we praise you also for those who are not here and for the part of our church. We pray that you would continue to bring us together and, and build us up, gather us together for your services and for your purpose. Bless us as we reach out into the community, as we gather in a variety of ways. And we pray, on Lord, in all these things that, that we would be able to glorify your name and build one another up. We thank you, O Lord, for this time. We pray, O Lord, that you would meet with us so we would know your spirit is here and that we would enjoy it and rejoice in you, our God. In Jesus' name, amen. I was sure that my, my friends were ready to, to write a book on how to be good parents because their one-year-old daughter was about the best child that you would ever find. She was always responsive. She was loving she was ready to cooperate in every way. Just a beautiful, wonderful, obedient child. And so my friends realized that they were on the right path, uh, leading their child in the way that that child should go. And then God blessed them with another pregnancy. And that, one, that child was very different. Pretty much the exact opposite, but probably multiplied by about four or five times more. This girl just had so much energy 
and was, was often anxious and just didn't know what to do. And they could not settle her down. She would just react to everything. She always wanted to be going. She eventually became a, a really great gymnast just because she had like just super energy. But I remember them co- coming to me and talking, and they were just in despair. <laughs> Why are we, what is going on here? How, what do we do with this child? And so their plans to write the book on good parenting got postponed. But maybe one day they will, they will get there after they look at the end of the story. Now, the reason I bring up this story is because, is because I think that a lot of times we turn to the Lord when we come into problems or issues. We come in when we have the second child that doesn't listen, when we have parents who won't listen, when we have kids who won't listen, when we have a church that won't listen, when we, our business isn't going well, when our health starts failing, when our marriage is breaking apart, when we get discouraged or depressed or anxious, these are the times that we call upon the Lord. But what I want to say to you is that we need as much instruction, if not more, not only in the bad times, but in the times of success, to learn to interpret the good things in light of God and His instruction as well. And so that's my goal for tonight, is for us to begin to think about what are we supposed to do when things go well? What do we do with success? What is the proper response? Because as you saw with my friends, that oftentimes success can blind us to real other problems and other issues and other things, and we don't handle success well. It can sometimes make us look down on others. It can fill us with pride. And indeed, sometimes success can be one of the toughest things for human beings to bear. Now, everybody here is going to say, Lord, give me this blessing of success so that I might learn. But in reality, it's what's ultimately going to lead us to be the people we are. Too much success too quickly often goes to our head and causes us trouble. So what are we to do with success? Well, tonight we're going to look at someone who was very, very successful, and that is King David. He had some problems. He had big challenges that he had to face, particularly at the beginning of his life and then with his son and some of the things in his family. But overall, he was wildly successful in terms of what a king should do. And we'll look at one particular event tonight in which he talks about one area where he also had success, and that was his plan to build the temple. So let's look at the project, the presence, and the praise. Those are the three things. So we're looking more at what happened, how, how things turned out, and then his response in praise, which will instruct us how we're to deal with success. So the project that he had was to build the temple of the Lord. Remember, remember that the, up until this time, the Lord had been worshipped in a tent that they could move around. It was oftentimes in one place. But David had built a palace for himself when he conquered the capital city of Jerusalem. And he said, how is it that I have this house and the Lord has this tent? And he said, I want to build a permanent house for the Lord, a temple that is worthy of the greatness of the Lord our God. And so he came up with a project. And that project was a great project. Listen to what it says. In 2 Chronicles 29, verse 1, he says, This task is great 
because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. He wanted to build a very great palace for the Lord God. Now, the project was going to be carried out, though, not by David, but by his son Solomon. Now, the reason for this is that when, when David had desired to build the temple of the Lord, he, the prophet Nathan had said, yep, that's a good idea. I want you to go for it. But then the Lord spoke to him and said, nope, David's not going to do it. His son is going to do it because David's hands have too much blood. Even though he fought just wars in general that were defensive and an attempt to secure his borders of his nation and general what the Lord requires, but yet still... We can see even there that the bloodshed is not what God intended for human beings in a way he wanted to make that clear. So he had the kingdom established for his son, and so this project was going to be carried out by his son Solomon. And the, but the project required much preparation. So basically what David said is that I'm going to prepare as much as I can. The project required much preparation, and he said, I'm going to get as much ready as I possibly can in, in, order, in order to be, so that Solomon, my son, will have to do as little as possible. He said, if I can't build this temple, which I really want to build, then at least, at least, I'm going to get it as much ready as possible. I'm going to make it as easy on. I want to be as big a part of it as I can. He's really excited about this. And so the preparation... Not the project. The preparation for the project was led by David himself. Look at what he says in verse 3. He says that besides in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God over and above everything else I have provided for this holy temple. And he describes what they are. So David himself gave a large amount to the preparation of this temple. And so the question was then, how would the people respond? Because he asked them a question in verse 5. Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? And by that he meant give a gift. And uh, we're going to see in a moment that they responded very well. But what I want to show you is uh, just a side note here. How did David lead them in doing this? He led by example. He showed them the way. And if we want people to follow as leaders, the best thing we can do is, example, is, is be an example. Oftentimes, one of the worst things we can do is just tell people what to do. But we show by example what we're supposed to do. It's like what Paul said to Timothy. He said, you know, don't be discouraged when people look down on you, but be an example to them. Watch your own life and your doctrine closely. For in doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So a lot of times we need to say, so a lot of times if we want to see people move in a particular direction, we need to check ourselves and say, are we moving in that direction? And without berating others or, or, or telling them too much that they need to do it, a lot of times, based on our position, we will, people will follow us. So it's example. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. The leaders of the people followed David and gave presents for the gave presents and offerings for the temple. Look at verse six. 
Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. And so the leaders of the people followed David and gave willingly. And then not only they gave, but they, everybody was happy because they also gave, the people also gave. Verse 9, they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. Verse 9, so everyone rejoiced because of what, what had happened. Everyone was happy because uh, what they saw is that David had led, the people had followed, and now they had all kinds of preparations ready to do this great work of the Lord, to build him this house. And so here David is. He plans this great project, and he had had real success. He had got the people moving in the direction that he wanted them to move. And I can see that, you know, there's, in, in my own life, I've, I've often been in a position of leadership in my home, in my church, in my presbytery, amongst my friends. And, uh, and it's really great to see when you get people all moving in the, in the right direction. Probably, certainly for me, the, the greatest moment that I experienced of this was, was when um, was when I was about seven years into my ministry, and I really just felt like all we were doing was teaching uh, the same thing to people over and over again. And we were emphasizing doctrine, which was good, but it wasn't really helping people. We didn't have an outward face. We didn't enable people to come along. People didn't feel welcome. They kind of felt put down. And I was kind of tired of it. And then I shared that vision with a couple of our leaders, and it turned out, like within a week, everybody was like, yes, we've had enough. We want to reach our friends. We want to reach our children. We want to make this a place where they can come to and learn and grow at their own rate and be met and loved and so on. And it was like all of a sudden the church was taking the good things that we had and now all of a sudden beginning to think about how do we get this to the people outside the church and bring in the people that we want to. And all of a sudden, the leaders came that would help us with this, and then the people came, and it was one of the greatest experiences that I've had. Now, the question is, that with, for David and for me, what do we do um, with these types of successes? How do we deal with that when we see, I'm leading? Now, it's easy in that point to say, I'm a really good leader. Like, I've figured out how to make churches grow, or whatever the case may be. David, I've figured out how to get the people moving in the right direction. I am a great leader. And maybe some of it is that. But that's not the primary thing. The primary thing is what David shows us next. And that is that when we come to success, that we give God the praise for the success. We give God the praise for the success. Notice what David does in verse 10. He says, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, and everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You're exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things, and your hand are strength and power to exalt, give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. And so we see that David 
when he sees this success, when he sees he's leading the people in the right direction, it doesn't cause him to turn to himself. It causes him to turn to the Lord. It causes him to turn to his God. And, you know, that's one thing that um, I've definitely seen. Seeing, I, I would say, my years at Evergreen have definitely been good years. I've definitely enjoyed being pastor at Evergreen, and I enjoy the people here. But I still can't say I, I've ever seen anything quite like what I saw 10 years ago happen at New Covenant, where it was just like we're all moving forward, and we're seeing a, a major advance and a turnaround of the kingdom to reach people. Now, and so what that reminds me of is I learned a lot about leadership during that time. I thought about how to lead well, how to help, these, how to help our people move in the direction they wanted to go. But what it reminds me is that in that time and every time, we need the Spirit of the Lord to come upon us to move us in the right direction. And so our orientation, while we might think of there's always good ideas to help people uh, lead people forward, and we should embrace those. But our first response should be David's, to lift our hearts unto the Lord. And when we see people following, again, we should, we should not look and say, man, I am a great leader, even though we may have done some things right. David did some things right. He, he led by example. He told them precisely what to do. He had a plan. All those things are part of it. But first and foremost, he recognized the main thing was that God gave that he gave God praise for the generous hearts of the people. Look at verse 14 and 15. He says, But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give you as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. And so you see that he recognized, like, who are we that we're able to give? This is from the Lord that we even have anything to give, and it's even from the Lord that we had the willingness to give. And so he gives God praise for the generous hearts of the people. And David gave God praise for the gifts that he had given them that they were able to give. And so he recognizes that the good things that are happening, when people are following, it is primarily of the Lord. And so whatever, it, whatever the case may be, whatever area where we see success, if we see our kids doing well, if we see our marriage doing well, if we see our church doing well, if we see our business doing well, it's always an occasion to say, thank you, Lord, because yours is the kingdom. This is happening because of you. There's so many things that could have led us in the wrong direction, but you've guarded us from all. You've taken our efforts, and you have blessed them. And without that blessing, we wouldn't be able to do anything. And that's why when he looks to the future, he recognizes that if, if it's going to be that way in the future, what he needs is the blessing of God. Look at verses 18 and 19 in this, pa- in this passage. He says, Lord, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. And give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, statutes, and decrees and to do everything to build the palatial structure for which I have provided. So he prays not only that they'll have the money, but they'll have the heart to give it, recognizing that anything that we do that's a good work comes from God, Um, not only because all things are from God, but because it is his grace. Naturally, we turn away from God. 
but it's his grace that we move towards, back towards him. And so we're dependent upon him. And so what we need to do is to ask the Lord to help us. And so the primary task of leadership then should be to pray the Lord's blessing, that we'll see the right way, that we'll have the right path, that we'll be able to lead well, and that people will be able to follow because they'll have a heart to follow the Lord. And that we recognize that if we're going to succeed in what we want to do, that is going to be the blessing of God himself. So that's why he asked then the people to say, you all need to recognize that too. Notice he says in verse 20, Then David said to the whole assembly, Praise the Lord your God. So they all praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. They bowed down, prostrating themselves before the Lord and the king. And so, so everybody, he was teaching them again that why is this happening today? It's because of the Lord. And so that's where we see these are the lessons that we need. What do we do with success? We need to say success is first and foremost a gift from the Lord. And it is not due primarily to our efforts, even though our efforts are still important. They're means God uses. But ultimately, both the means and the end is a gift from God. And so if we see success, we seek the Lord. And what do we do when we see people following us? We should recognize that also is a gift from the Lord. That if we can see people moving in the right direction, we should be humble about it and say it's because the Lord is at work there, leading us towards something good. And so what should we do in the future? We should ask the Lord for help. Uh, Whatever task we're involved in, whatever endeavor we're engaged in, we need to seek the Lord for that. Um, one of the things I was talking about with, um, with Zach Rogers, who's the director of the area of the campus outreach. So we're just talking about how we can help the students who are leaders in campus outreach. Because when they come here, there's like a leader, and then they have like three or four students underneath them. And I was thinking, I think some of the stuff we've talked about has been like a little bit further down the road. So we need to meet them where they are and say, hey, they're beginning, they're probably leading some people in ministry for the first time in their lives. And, and we need to have an instruction that's more geared towards that. And the first thing is to say, where do we want to lead these students? And then we need to be engaged in regular prayer for them. That is the first and most important lesson. And if we see some progress, then we should immediately thank the Lord because we see, we see that. That's what the lesson we need to learn. And so the Bible gives us instruction and guidance, and the Psalms are an amazing resource for all stages of life. But they also provide success. They provide ideas for us and help for us and guidance for us, not only in our times of trouble, but in our times of doing well. And we need to remember, it's really, we know from experience that it's the time that we're doing well that oftentimes we forget the Lord. And so we just keep coasting. It's the time when we're in trouble, when everything's falling apart, that we're seeking after the Lord. So learn from these Psalms, learn from this passage, that to remember the next time you say, man, things are really starting to go well. What should I do? What did David do? Lift my heart up unto the Lord. Amen.